welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much has been a good week here? It is July 7th. 1996. Can is it really? Believe? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. You don't have to think so, but. It's the 6th. No, that's Monday. Mm. All right. No. Okay. Nope. Sunday is the 4th, Monday is the 5th, and Tuesday is the 6th. Oh, God damn it, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's not correct. You've been doing so good. It's not correct exactly, but yeah. Oh, well. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, it's the 6th. Whatever, it's the 6th of July. 1996. Yeah, that's the important part. It is 1996, people. That's right. And we're coming at you with some more hijinks and hilarity. Carol, did you have a good 4th of July, Carol? I had a fantastic 4th of July, Mark. How about you? It was good. I enjoyed the fireworks. Yeah. Still think and, they need to write a fireworks song, yeah? And the, all the all the yummy drinks. Right. The jello shots. D- jello shots are not drinks. You don't think jello shots are drinks? What are I they? I mean they're alcohol, but they're not drinks. Because you don't drink it, you eat it. <laughs> you know? I mean I guess. It's, it's like if I ate the worm at the bottom of the tequila bottle without drinking the tequila, I wouldn't have been drinking, I would have been eating. But I'd still get drunk. Would you really? Would the, the the worm alone just makes you drunk? I think it makes you like psychotic. Oh, why do they even put it in there then? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't sound good to me. What was I going to say? So I don't know. I don't know because there are shots. Yeah, but they're not liquid shots. What if you froze? Like, what if you took uh, some whiskey? And you froze it into cubes, ice cubes. You can't. You you don't think whiskey freezes? It does not. Wh- whiskey whiskey violates the laws of thermodynamics and uh, <laughs> and physics. Uh. Have you never put a bottle of liquor in the freezer? I I didn't say that it froze at at normal freezer temperature. You're saying it doesn't freeze at all. If I threw it in, in a fucking liquid nitrogen, you don't think it would oh, freeze? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's something that we have access to. That's a thing that we're going to make happen here. It's a hypothetical. <laughs> I'm not saying let's do it. I'm saying hypothetically, if you froze whiskey and then chipped it off and ate it, would you no longer be drinking? Correct. You'd be eating. Because it's no longer a liquid, it's a solid. <sighs> I guess. What do you guys think out there? Is our jello shots eating or are they drinking? <laughs> Either way, I had fun. Yeah, it was good. Barbecue and, and all that stuff. And, and the movie we saw. Yeah, we saw the uh, Will Smith Independence Day. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that yet. But we did tipping, see it. You're tipping our hand a little bit. The title um, of this tape also. Yeah, I was going to say, when you wrote on the tape with the fucking permanent marker, Independence Day, then I think they knew. Right. Well, anyway. Uh, so, you know who else knows? LL Cool J knows. 
What does LL Cool J know? He knows that ladies love Cool James, but he's grooving at Harpo's at 9 p.m. <laughs> you want to? Tickets are seventeen dollars and fifty cents. You want to go Ooh, see LL Cool J? Sure, let's go. Guess who's at Pine Knob? Mm, I don't know. Meatloaf. <gasps> I want to go there. Yeah, it's twelve dollars and fifty cents though. How can they not value meatloaf higher than that? <laughs> A meatloaf dinner costs more than that. Right? What the hell? The Detroit Symphony Orchestra is having a salute to America. And then Mo Jazz in the musical, featuring guitarist and NBA player Wayman Tisdale. Yeah, I'm not excited about either of those two things. What about Michigan Taste Fest, though? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Eating, eating and drinking yeah. both up my alley. What about what about eating while uh, eating alcohol, eating and drinking at the same time? I will eat my alcohol. <laughs> I'll eat your alcohol. I'll eat everybody's alcohol. Wow. You know who we could ask about whether that that's eating or drinking is Bill Nye the Science Guy. Okay. Are you familiar with this dude, Bill Nye the Science Guy? Yeah. He's on PBS apparently. I- I've watched his show. And uh, it says, Bill Nye, science guy, loves fun, not nonsense. (laughs) In a television landscape, awards in credibility, as Carl Sagan might have put it, in a medium where dial-a-psychic pitches compete for viewer attractions with, quote, documentaries about dubious alien autopsy footage. What? Taking a shot at uh, at, uh, William Frakes there, the... uh, is she insane? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Nye truly offers a candle in the dark. Targeted at 10-year-olds, Carol. Hey, now. <laughs> Nye's brilliant science show speaks directly to its audience's fragile attention span and with uh, buzz cut editing and mile-a-minute scripts. Yeah, he the, his show is kind of like... Well, yeah. See, in a, like about 10 years ago or so, in a simpler time, there was a man named uh, Mr. Wizard. And he was essentially the same thing, or a similar thing, as as Bill Nye the Science Guy. He did science experiments in his kitchen, where he invited uh, little kids to his That's house. kind of freaky. Do you know that you, you called him a thing? I called who a thing? The the dude. What dude? The science dude. What science dude? I don't remember which one you were talking about, but you were like, you said things. You're talking about Bill Nye the science guy? Or this guy. I don't remember, but you Who's called him a guy? thing. What are you talking the about? The guy who invited the children into his kitchen. What are you talking about? <laughs> Fuck off. What does that mean? <laughs> guy who invited kids into his kitchen. What are you talking about? I'm not falling for it again. Falling for what? <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> Mr. Wizard is his name. And I don't think I called him a thing. You did. And last episode you said it too about a person. What person? I don't remember. Oh my God. How can you try to correct me if you don't remember anything? I think it was like when you were like, they have social workers, there are other things. Whatever. I don't know what you're talking about. No idea what you're talking about. You call people things. That's what I'm talking about. I treat people like things. Hey. But you know who else? You know who else gets treated like things? Hmm. 
Some of the people in the Massive Love segments. They want to be treated like things. It's time for Massive Love, Carol. You, you cited with a it's, a... it's a 4th of July tradition. Every 4th of July, I assume, we've done Massive Love. Sure. Why not? No, it's about a once a month thing that we do. When elephants aren't running around upstairs. <laughs> How about this one? Uh, haven't been there. Haven't done that. So are they virgin? Uh, sounds like it. Soft, yeah, soft, honey brown, shy, single black female, 19. Ooh, yeah, must be 5'6", thin and curvy. Wants young, shy, muscular white male with access to a boat. What in the world? <laughs> Hoping to make some sweet summer memories before UGG school begins. <laughs> oh, my. So, you're a gold digger. A 19-year-old virgin. Wants a dude with a boat. She's like, I am ready to give it up to a white boy, but it must be at sea. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe her dad uh, said, "You'll uh, you'll never sleep with a white man on this earth. So, she's doing it on the land instead of earth. What the fuck? You know, because, because, I don't know. What? That's just makes sense. It's a it's a technicality. <sighs> maybe, maybe, a- Mark. Any any boaters out there that's looking for a thin and curvy nineteen year old virgin? There you go. It's fourteen oh five six. I have trouble with like the thin and curvy thing. Like I don't really see how one can be both thin and curvy. Yes, sure. How? What What do you mean how? Like. Curves where there's supposed to be curves and thin where it's but where you're you know the other places I guess like you've never seen a woman with a with a smaller stomach that's also curvy yeah but usually they have like fake breasts mm, I, don't, I don't I think that's correct no oh no. okay it sounds like there's a little cat in the uh, hey hey now. <laughs> Don't be a dick. No, but I mean, I there, I uh, yeah, I I understand what she means when she says thin and curvy. Okay, I think most thin women are not as curvy as they think they are. Well, that's probably true. Uh, woman overboard, and the board is spelled B O R E D. Oh, jeez. King Neptune seeks mermaid for sailing adventures. What is happening? Well, it's the summer, you know. So apparently if you want to get laid this summer, you got to buy a boat. Apparently. That's my advice to all you men. Uh, King Neptune seeks mermaid for sailing adventures. Confined to the routine, nautical nights will broaden your horizons. Uh, sir, I have a, uh, a 19-year-old virgin that would like your number. Right? Wow. Oh, I wish that we could do that. We should call him and give him her number. <laughs> Say, call this girl at this number. We should call them live right now. I bet you they find each other. Maybe. Good for them. How about women of all races? Women of all races have called me the black Elvis Presley. Why? Like, I don't understand. Is there a difference of opinion amongst the different races about (laughs) what a black Elvis Presley would look like? Women of all races have called me the black Elvis Presley. Handsome. Divorced, black male, 58. Wants decent, loving female, age, race, open. 
under 160 pounds. Oh, fuck off. No drugs. What? He wants, First of all, you're 58. He wants a thin, curvy woman. But he looks like the black Elvis Presley. Now, I doubt he looks like Elvis. I bet he can, like, sneer and shake his hips like Elvis or something like that. There ain't nothing but a hound dog. I just, no. No. Crying all the time. I yeah. mean, to to put a, speci- a weight limit, you're not a fucking roller coaster, okay? <laughs> Maybe he is, though. And he looks like Elvis, but he wants no drugs. I don't understand. That's not, that's not fitting with the Elvis right? persona. Uh, how about this one? Attractive white male, 32, with herpes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 No. She's getting it out of the way early on. Attractive white male, 30. Well, I guess you got to be attractive to get contract herpes. Right? Attractive white male, 32, with herpes, seeking female, also with herpes. I guess you'd have to be. Race open, sports-minded, and very good looking. What the fuck? Have you ever heard of the phrase beggars can't be right? choosers, ma'am? Man, not ma'am. This is from a guy, not a it's, girl. No, it's an attractive white... Oh, white male. Yeah, yeah. you're right. 32, right. Sir, haven't you heard of uh, the phrase beggars can't be choosers? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, first of all, go to a doctor and get it taken care of herpes is not curable (laughs) it's not trust me well that sucks yes (laughs) are we gonna start seeing people like i have hiv do you have hiv let's get together let's have an hiv party oh my god oh no (sighs) no one's gonna call Even if a woman out there has herpes, she's not going to be like, hey, we're both, you know, inflicted with sores (laughs) on our genitalia. Let's have sex, because that sounds like fun. Oh, my God. I knew you'd like that one. Uh, Last of a dying breed. Single black female, 170 pounds, seeking Native American slash Hispanic only, who is also seeking, like the buffalo. What? The last of a dying breed. A good woman. Must be financially secure and serious about relationship. No head game. So, okay. Okay. So, she thinks the most important thing to tell us about herself is that she's 170 pounds. Mm -hmm. We know nothing else. Well, she's a single black female. But, I mean, how old is she? I don't know. She's the last of a dying breed. So, that makes her sound really old. Apparently a good woman. Is, the, is what she's talking about. I'm picturing a grandmother here. A 170-pound grandmother looking for a Native American or Hispanic. And why? Who is also seeking, like the buffalo. First of all, there are no Native American men around here. I mean, maybe there's one or two. I don't know. I have not seen them. Yeah. So that's going to be, like, go move to, like, Nevada. Oklahoma. Or Texas. Or even California. You'll find lots of Native American and Hispanic dudes. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's why uh, she needs to take an ad out in the paper. Right. But who's going to call when you know nothing about her? She's 170 pounds. What else do you need to know? (laughs) That other guy wouldn't want her. Right? (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, sorry, sorry, lady. Uh, you're you're too uh, big to ride that ride. Can you lose ten pounds? You could be with the Black Elvis. Oh my God, that's close to Native American. I think Black Elvis is in love with himself. What do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, a hunk, a hunk, of burn in love with himself. <laughs> uh, single black male, eighteen, looking for sensitive, intelligent, outgoing, caring single black male, female, eighteen to twenty-five, who likes movies. <laughs> Arcade <laughs> walks on the beach looking for a steady relationship. This is Black Archie. <laughs> Black Archie is looking <laughs> for uh, his Veronica or whatever. Betty. 18. Okay. Which, whichever one. 18. <laughs> he wants a steady girl to, that, go to, the, to go to the arcade. That's Betty for sure. Don't you think? Yeah. Veronica would want to go to uh, the mall or something. Yeah, she's a gold-digging... Uh, she's got money. She's rich. Whatever. She's a bitch. I don't like Veronica. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm Team Betty all the way. All right. Well, good for you. <laughs> so that is, that's massive love this week, Carol. What did you think? I think there are some crazy-ass people out there. Yeah, a lot of uh, a nautical-themed massive love. Lots of Lots of boat talk. Some virgins out there. I wouldn't give up my virginity for a boat. <laughs> like if someone was going to give you a boat for your virginity? Or, or even, I mean, it sounds like she's looking for some boat rides. <laughs> she wants to go tubing. <laughs> we know you don't like that. N- no. You know, inner tubing. Yeah. You told that story. Because I almost drowned. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Correct. <laughs> I do you remembered like, you your your brain wasn't deprived with oxygen too long that you couldn't remember it. Yeah. I do like tubing down the river though, like not attached to a boat, like just an inner tube. You like floating? That's what you like. I do. It's fun. I like to float. Oh, well, I have a clown in the sewers that wants oh, to God. see you. Then. Oh no! I'm gonna have nightmares now. Oh. What was that? They all float. <laughs> That did not sound like Pennywise. That sounded like you're having way too much fun over there. I am. It's a good time. It's a good time making you scared. Oh, you're a weirdo. Were you scared at the movie this week? No. Were you? No. As we we, it's more of a it's more of a thrill ride. Yeah. Than it is a scary movie. I liked it. Did you like it? Uh, so here's the thing. We watched Independence Dave, and no one's ha, named ha, Dave ha, in the movie either, which is weird. No, there's a David. Uh, what's his name? Jeff Goldblum's name is David in the movie. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Why did uh, you say Dave? Uh, uh, David Letterman, like a year ago, did um, did a marathon of his show. I think there was a marathon of his show on like E!, or something like that. It was like E or Comedy Central or something, and they during the Fourth of July, and they called it Independence Dave. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, so they do uh, um, that new channel, uh, Sci-Fi. Okay. They're doing, I think, the Twilight Zone, a marathon of the, that on the Fourth of July. Run the, they, you know, doing it Fourth of July. They did it Fourth of July. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. I like the Twilight Zone. Okay. 
There's no TV on right now. That's why we're not doing TV shows because everything is is on break. I mean, we could rent movies, but you've been too busy. Yeah, we should rent something soon, though. I have a movie all picked out. Yeah, I know. I know you do. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, you all can't wait, can you? <laughs> but anyway, did I like Independence Day? <sighs> yes, there were like so. I didn't want to. <laughs> okay. There were so many things about this movie that I wanted to not like. But I I think Will Smith, who this is, like, he was in Bad Boys. Um, obviously, The French Prince. But I guess Bad Boys was his first, like, big role. You know. Um, we watched that. Yeah. As far as movies go. Yes. But, I mean, this is like, I, this to me is another level. Okay. It, this is doing super well at the box office, too. This is a huge blockbuster movie, huge budget movie. Uh, I think this is even another level than Bad Boys. And he's so fucking charming in this movie. He is. And Jeff Goldblum is so charming in this movie. Well, yeah, but Jeff Goldblum's charming in everything. So, I, I think that carries... Most of the movie, Bill Bill Pullman or Paxson. I like him too. Yeah, he's, not Paxson. No, I know he's okay as the president. Uh, like he's good, he's mm-hmm. solid. You know, while you were sleeping's own Bill Pullman and uh, Spaceballs Lone Star. I've never understood why she didn't choose him. Who? Meg Ryan. She should have chose him. Meg Ryan. What are you talking? And about? while you were sleeping. Meg Ryan wasn't in while you were sleeping. What are you talking? Yes, about? she was. What the fuck are you talking? Oh, Sandra Bullock's in <laughs> while you were sleeping. What are you talking about? Sleepless in Seattle. Was Bill Pullman in Sleepless in Seattle? Yeah, that's who she was engaged to in the beginning of the movie. Oh. And he had a sleep apnea machine and allergies, and like they tried to make him seem like a real big dork. But like, I think that he was like way better than Tom Hanks. God, Rita Wilson wants to see you outside. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, but Tom Hanks is, is, he was so charming. Yeah, but he's not good looking. No, no. They Bill Coleman is much better looking. They were in Joe versus the Volcano together too, though. Hmm. Anyway, so that's a good, that's an underrated movie. I like that movie. We should watch that sometime. But, regardless... <laughs> The performances are pretty good in this. Yes. I think even Robert Loja, who's the general, he's pretty good in this. He plays a very standard role. Like, it's a, almost, uh, it's it's a very stock character. Oh, yeah. Kind of thing. But he's good. I like Robert Loja. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, speaking of Tom Hanks, he was in Big with Tom Hanks doing chopsticks. The stripper girlfriend did a good job. Vivica Alexandra Fox, or whatever the A stands for. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good in it, too. They're every yeah everyone's good the perform the performances carry this this movie through even uh what's his name Randy Quaid and his fucking crazy unhinged drunk uh, alien abductee performance is pretty good it, it gets very cheesy like towards the end you know where he's like I'm back oh yeah but it's still everyone has two ending lines in this movie. Like, you know how sometimes movies will have those lines that just end a scene, and mm-hmm. it's like you can imagine once they 
once they put this over on TV, that's where they're going to put a commercial in. Everyone's got two. The commercial people are going to be, like, they're going to be fucked. They're not going to know what to do. Because Will Smith downs an alien spacecraft, opens it with all the little tentacly things (laughs) whipping around and stuff, punches it in the face, and says, Welcome to Earth, which is like, exclamation point line. Yeah. Then he sits down on the ship and he goes, now that's what I call a close encounter. And everyone's got that back-to-back yeah. lines like that. Uh, at one point, Jeff Goldblum's like, checkmate. And then five seconds later, time's up. And it's like, <laughs> pick one. It's like Roland Emmerich wrote this movie and he was like, I don't know if he wrote it or not. He directed it. I don't know who wrote the movie. But it's like whoever wrote the movie wrote the movie and was like, mm, I can't decide between these two lines. They'll say them both. <laughs> that happened so many times throughout the movie. I was like, I should have kept track of it. Yeah. Pad and paper. You're right. I, I did. I, I felt that too. Like the, the like fake outs almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. Jarring. It's And it's it's just weird. It's just weird to have like, welcome to Earth. That's actually a good line. Yes. And he's like, no, that's what I call a close encounter. It's like, no, that's, not a good line. That's the one you let you should leave on the cutting room floor. Right. Like, who yeah. edited this movie? <laughs> but, yeah, there were a bunch of things I didn't like about it. I liked Data. I liked... Oh, yeah, Data's in it. <laughs> Data's in it as some weird scientist who seems like he dies, but maybe he doesn't die. Oh, he died. He totally died. You think he died? He did. I don't know about that. They said he was dead. No one said he was dead. Yes, they did. They, they felt ch- his pulse. Okay, but they didn't say, oh, he's dead. He was dead. All right. I'm willing I mean, to bet you that he's not dead. Because the dude was just manipulating his vocal cords. He wasn't speaking. Oh, I know that. So, what? The why? dude? You're talking about the alien? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, dude? Why do you think that he's alive? I think he's alive. I'll. You want to bet? Oh, sure. Standard rule. Standard bets. Okay. Right. <laughs> but yeah, his character was his character was funny. Uh, he plays like kind of eccentric, off the wall, pretty well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, the uh, every and every time I tried to question. It was like Roland Emmerich could hear my thoughts, <laughs> like these aliens, apparently. I think it's funny that these aliens can communicate with each other telepathically, and they can force thoughts into human beings' heads, but when two human beings are in a spaceship inside their mother- mothership planning to release a computer virus to kill them all, they can't hear that thought. Well, okay, because they were projecting, they weren't intercepting. But uh, they should be able to receive thoughts, too, if they tell if they. Communicate telepathically. Um, but they only communicate telepathically with each other. Okay. But they can also communicate to human beings through their brain waves. I don't know. On Star Trek The Next Generation, okay, uh-huh. Deanna Troy, right. she can like feel other people's emotions, but she can't make them feel hers. So, <laughs> what? What the fuck? Mistress Cleo can uh, tell your future, but what is that? After, what is? They're two totally separate universes. She's not even a psychic. She's an empath. What does that have to do with anything? Telepathy. Telepathy is what it has she's to do. She's an empath. Okay, fine. That is a horrible example. Whatever. And you should feel bad about yourself. Oh, thanks. I totally do now. Anyway. Asshole. So I just think... 
like I said, that's a logical fallacy to me, or a logical in in it's it's a plot hole or whatever to me. Okay. What else do you not like? That's one. Now I've been thrown off because now I'm just trying to think about how the fuck you got to Deanna Troy. <laughs> because of data. Because of data, yeah. That makes sense. Um, so they u- they're using our satellites to communicate. Uh, what the fuck? Like, oh, like I said, every time, every it was like Roland Emmerich was in my brain. Because every time I thought something, I was like, how come that fucking Secretary of Defense knows about Area 51's existence, but the president doesn't? And they give two reasons for it. <laughs> He's like, oh, plausible deniability. That's why we didn't tell you. And then the G- Robert Loja general says, because uh, there's, gen- there's the dad from the Wonder Years. He's one of the generals. Did you notice him? No. And then Robert Loja's a general. So Robert Loja general says, oh, you're the former head of the CIA. That's why you know about this Area 51 thing. So they had two they had two reasons. Interesting. I love the the exposition in this movie is ridiculous. At one point Randy Quaid gets gets arrested and they're like uh, a former uh, decorated uh um, Vietnam War pilot. Uh, he accidentally dusted the wrong crops today and got arrested. It's like, what what kind of investigative report did they do on this one right. fucking story? And <laughs> and in the midst of an alien invasion, they're doing this story. It's ridiculous. It was a little. But, I mean, first of all, had the alien invasion actually started yet? And second of all, like, isn't it a small town so they could just already know that he was a decorated that because they know him whatever what are you trying i love how you're an apologist for for bad movie for bad script writing <laughs> okay uh so and then there were there were other things too there's a bunch of other things the satellite thing i don't i don't understand that why these are aliens that have such advanced technology that they can travel you know, who knows how many millions of light years to our planet. We can't even touch them because of their their force fields and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They have all this advanced technology. They don't have a better way to communicate than using our satellites? Well, of course they do, because they said that they're like locusts. They go to planets and use up all the natural resources. So they've done this before in other planets. Does every other planet have satellites? No. Then why did they use our satellites against us? I don't know. I'm agreeing with you. That was stupid. I was going to say, why did they have to do it? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And, but it's like, whatever, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you have to throw some things out the window, I guess. Or like, okay, the first lady. Yeah. Like when she dies and stuff like, Mm -hmm. and then he just, she's, is mommy sleeping? Yes, honey, mommy's sleeping. Do they ever and have a conversation about it? They never talk about it. At the end of the movie, everybody's all happy because they defeated the aliens. That little girl's all happy and smiling. And I'm like, she doesn't know her mom's dead. <laughs> this is awful. Like three days later, she's going to be like, when's mom going to wake up? What the fuck, dad? Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith wants to go on the into NASA because he wants to go into space. And then he gets the opportunity to go into space. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but it's it's also like super cliche. Like, why he could like they didn't have to put that in. You know what, what I mean? Like, what's wrong with having a little flavor? Because there's so much cookie cutter. Like, we're we're gonna set this up, and then we're going to pay it off. And there's so much setup, payoff, setup, payoff. 
which usually is good in a movie, but it's like every little thing that happens is set up. It's like Roland Emmerich thinks there's no coincidences in the world. Everything is connected. Everything comes from something else and all this stuff. It's it's weird. Okay. It makes it too contrite. You know what I mean? I thought I liked this movie, and now I'm starting to hate it again. But, I mean, I like it, like, because even though, yeah, there's a bunch of problems with it, mm-hmm. it's just fun to watch. It's it, uh, some, some of whether or not you like a movie is just how it makes you feel. It's a, a technological marvel, I'll say that. It's, it's a huge budget, special effects heavy movie. But, and that's cool, you know, the, like the, the action scenes that that happens in are cool, and they're cool to look at. But what makes the movie is the actors. Mm-hmm. They happen to choose, it's a not, it's not a, it's not a bad, a good written script. It's, it's not a good written? You I, mean well written? Yeah, I can't talk. Oh it's, my. It's not a well written script. It's not a good story. The bones of it are okay. The the basic alien, it's an alien invasion, happens to be the 4th of July. Yay. I do like that uh, it's so American centric. At one point, uh, all the the other countries are like together and the English people are there and they're like, hey, the Americans got came over the counterattack. Oh, it's about bloody time. Like, like they're just waiting for us right. to rescue them. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's very, uh, very nice. But there are so many things about it that are bad. Yeah. But the performances really shine through. I mean, they got, they, this movie, if this movie starred, say, I don't know, I don't want to really denigrate anybody, but... No name actors, but some well, yeah, no, some some even lesser knowns, you know, or or just even actors that are well known that just aren't as charismatic. I mean, getting Jeff Goldblum, getting Will Smith, getting Vivica A. Fox, getting Bill Pullman, uh, even Randy Quaid, getting those the actors that they got to make to play the main roles. Even mm-hmm. Judd, Judd Hirsch is pretty funny in this. There are many. Uh, there are many instances of like comedy levity in this movie. It's a yeah. it's a fairly funny movie in in certain parts. It's not comedy, obviously, but uh, but getting those people that makes the movie. I think without this e- exact mix of people, this movie really fails. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, I I, I mean I agree. I think the story is decent. And the acting is fantastic. The special effects, I mean, they're they're good. I don't really care as much about that, though. Uh. I think the story... Let me restate it. I think the story itself is fine. Like you said, decent. I think decent's fine. fine. The writing, the actual filling in, is bad. Yeah. The lines are bad. Like, it's it's so contrite. But they they do a great job. They do a great job selling it. The actors really, really, every actor in this movie elevates this material. Yeah. I think it's funny that she said Will Smith has Dumbo ears. Yeah. Well, kind of. She has chicken legs. That's what he says, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's just obviously, like, for them as actors and not really part of the script. But I guess they just do that stuff. Yeah, once they've signed, maybe then then maybe they wanted Will Smith from the beginning or something. Maybe, but once they sign him to the thing, they're like, okay, let's you know, 
we need her to say something. So let's there's rewrites. I'm sure, like on this on this on the day, right. little dialogue moments like that and stuff. Some of that stuff might even be ad libbed. I have no idea. You know what? There were a lot of unrealistic things though, too. Like, mm-hmm. and and well, yes, the things they survive, yeah. <laughs> are quite unrealistic. Oh yeah, I find it unrealistic that this dude, Will Smith's character, wants to marry the stripper, and bought her a dolphin engagement ring ahead of time like mm-hmm. in advance because he's planning on marrying a stripper that's mm-hmm. not gonna happen no no guy is like hey i can handle that you go ahead and be a stripper and i'm oh, gonna marry you you don't think will smith is confident enough to? i don't think any man is All right. most strippers are married i don't know about that do you, you know you- any do you know any married strippers? You think that no stripper in the world is married. That's that's the hill you're standing on right now. I think it's a very rare, if at all. Wow. <laughs> Do I know any married strippers? No. Not that that's evidence, because I also don't know any strippers. So I know one. Do you? She's not married. Oh, well, there you go. We got one, so <laughs> let's extrapolate that out to the entire population of strippers. Shut up. You know, I know a uh, Hispanic man who likes mayonnaise on his sandwich. Therefore, all all Hispanic people love mayonnaise on their sandwiches. Wow! Right? That's what you're. I mean, that's what you're saying with strippers. No, I'm saying men are insecure. <laughs> And don't like their women showing their tits off to other men. Do you know what this sounds like? What? This sounds like that you have an agenda about men being insecure, that, that like that's what that's just what you want to say and you're trying to manipulate facts to fit into that narrative. That's what it sounds like, Carol. Well, that's not true. No. Nah. Well, Sorry. I wouldn't want you to be a stripper, so I guess you're right. I am, thank you. You are a stripper? About time. No <laughs> I'm right, you dick. Right. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I guess see it. Yeah, definitely see it see, on the big screen. It's see worth it. it. Yeah, see it in the theater because it's 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 not going to be the same not in the theater. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know if I have anything else to say about it. I mean, it's pretty, all of it's pretty stock standard. But yet it makes you feel good. So go watch it and feel good. At one point, Vivica Fox runs away from a fireball and goes, you know, she goes into a room. Like, she turns a corner. She turns left. And the fireball doesn't follow her because, you know, fire was just going in a straight line, so it's fine. Well, I mean, I think that could happen. I think you're insane. (laughs) I think you uh, consulted on this script. Fuck off. Yeah, I like I said, it's if you can if you can suspend your disbelief, it's a pretty uh it's a, it's a popcorn movie. It's a thrill ride kind yeah. of thing. With very 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 good performances. Yes. Is it Jurassic Park? No. It's not that good. It's not that well written. It's not that skillfully directed, but it's it's good. Yeah. I agree. All right, well that is the show for the week. Carol, tell the people So, um go to our website retrolatefee.com. Mhm. And write us at latefee1994 at com. Yep. And tell your friends. Yeah, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.